such a good atmosphere and energy when we're with one another. Amen. We need to hang out more, don't we? Amen. You have a part of daddy that I need in my life and hanging out with you, the potential of me getting it gets greater and greater. Amen. Everybody wants to give away, amen, their father's benefits. And uh, the Lord wants you to know how precious you are to him and how many benefits he's already given you that you're not even aware of. But when you become aware of it, oh, it's going to be so much fun to give it all away, right? Well, I got a few amens on that. There are multiple problems and challenges in our world. There's always something to proverbially fix. Would you agree? And because there's so many things that need to be fixed, and uh, sometimes we will spend more of our time and energy being aware of what needs to be fixed than what God's already done, amen, that makes the difference. Would you agree? Has anybody been frustrated lately because something needed fixing? Amen. And frustration is a signal of something we need to be more acutely aware of. Amen. Uh, if I'm frustrated, there's emotions that come with that frustration. Amen. Uh, and emotions are not a bad thing for us to have. They're a very good thing because they're, they're indicators that let you know that you, to be aware of something you're not paying attention to. Maybe God's trying to say something to you and you're not paying attention because I'm trying to fix this right now, Lord. Anybody ever been there? And uh, as soon as I get some time, I'll spend it with you. Now, we didn't say that out loud, but our actions do speak louder than our words a lot of times. Would you agree? And so frustration is an indicator, too. It, it indicates that I'm having an identity crisis in my life. Amen. Let me, let me, give, you a, let me give you a type and shadow of this. Is our daddy the king? Since when does his... Sons and daughters fix anything. Go find me a prince that has a father that's a king and show me what he's fixing. If he's fixing something, he has an identity crisis going on in his life. Amen. And I probably there's some worldly royalty that's trying to fix some stuff potentially. Amen. But their identity is to be royalty. Amen. I don't mean I don't mean from God's lens to rule over anybody, but to serve God's kingdom. Amen. To reflect royalty the kind that gives it all, amen, for the people of the kingdom, God's people, amen. Is it, do you want to encourage some of daddy's children that haven't realized who they are? Do you want to help them realize they can come out of darkness into marvelous light and find out who he really says they are? You want to do that? 
But you gotta find you gotta first find out who you are in him at times. You got to let him, it's important that we pause long enough, amen, to host daddy's presence and get a revelation of who we really are. That's why the presence of God is top tier. It's top tier, y'all. Anybody feel the presence of God in the room today? Feels a little bit better than it did probably, amen, at your house. And you can have it there, by the way. So I'm not picking on your house. Amen. But the presence of God is an invitation from heaven for you to be who you really are. The presence that you feel right now is an invitation from your heavenly father to know that you can give what you feel away. And that when you walk into a room, wherever that room is in our world, it can be the 7-Eleven. You can walk into that 7-Eleven and because you're royalty and you know it, amen, whether you know it or not, when you walk in there, the kingdom of God is saying, amen, angels are declaring the kingdom of God has arrived. All because... You walked into that business place. So when you go into HEB today, remember, there's an announcement that's being heralded. If you'll pay attention, you can hear it. Others may not can hear it, but they can feel it because you walked into. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. What is the kingdom of God? Identity. Mm righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. Now, we've talked about that here before, but the enemy knows how to come, steal, kill, and destroy the truth that you're holding. Not that he can take the truth out. He can just block you from embracing it and saying amen to it and hosting it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been frustrated? The moment you get frustrated, you're having a crisis, an identity crisis. Jesus, don't get frustrated. Who were you baptized into? And the moment you were baptized into Christ, you put old things, old things passed away, that old nature, that old identity, the thing that the enemy sold you on is now buried, and you come up out of that water and you receive the spirit, the kingdom of God, and all things are new. That guy in the mirror, though, that's supposed to be in the grave, he likes frustration. Amen. He likes debate. He likes argument. He likes fixing things. Amen. I know about that guy in the mirror. And so we're talking about what really matters today. What really matters today. I want to read you a passage here in Ephesians, or rather Galatians chapter 6. We'll, 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 I'll challenge you with Ephesians 2 and 14 through 18, you might want to write that down and go read it because the Lord wants you to know there's only one race, the human race. Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse 14 through 18. The Lord would have you to know there's only one race, the human race. And since our daddy, Adam, our biological father, Adam, uh, you know, decided that he was going to have it his way at Burger King. And he was going to eat what he shouldn't eat, participate in what he shouldn't participate. Amen. All kinds of consequences came on all his kids. And we have all kinds of ideas that we think are true. Because emotionally we feel it, and because we emotionally feel it, we adopt the idea as being true. Is that, would that be a slightly accurate? Slightly might be on here for a moment. And so we entertain ideas, thoughts, principles, precepts that are not kingdom principles and precepts. And we conclude that they're correct. And the moment I agree with it being correct, and it's really not, I am now prisoner to that idea. And I justify emotions that can be frustrating, full of anxiety, depression, amen, guilt, shame. Anybody ever done that? And next thing you know, we're blaming one another. You need to change so that I can have a better day. You're my problem, and I've got proof of it. Matter of fact, I'll give you a Bible study that supports me. That you need to change so that I have a better day. And so the Lord wants to challenge each one of us today that he's still in charge. He's never lost charge of anything. Amen. He's completely the one that's sitting on a throne. There's one throne in heaven, and one sits on that throne. John writes about that to you and I, and he finds out it's the one that came and paid the debt off and died for us, and he's alive forevermore. And he's given us his name that's above every name. And you and I can walk in that name. And if we choose to walk in that name, if we choose to do that, by choosing him, he empowers us to be sons and daughters of the king. Just because I made a choice. That's why God said to Israel, the old old covenant he made with Israel, he said, choose this day whom you're going to serve. And then he gives them an opportunity to take counsel from him. And he says, I'll help you with this. Choose life that you may live and be blessed. There's lots of benefits that go with that. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, we've come with all kinds of mindsets today, all kinds of ideas. And I'm not judging anybody here. I just know the guy in the mirror. Can I preach to the guy in the mirror, not y'all? So y'all can maybe be helped and encouraged. That guy in the mirror, as much as I work on keeping him in the grave, he's trying to climb out all the time. And he has a good argument at times. He'll argue, he'll, he'll argue and I'm almost thinking, man, that guy's right. Let him out. Let, let, let him go do his thing. Amen. I hope that encourages you today because every time I've ever let him out, it bit me. I got plenty of scars, and the scars that I hold today can help you. It's kind of like 
the mantle I carry. <laughs> yeah, I have a mantle today because of ignorance and foolishness and regret, and, and the Lord pulled me out of that because he trusted me there so I would learn something about my need of him so that I could stand here today and encourage you. He's still the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. If you'll just have counsel with him, you may not understand what he's saying. You may not can explain what he's saying, but it will work. It'll save you. It'll bring you to a place of peace and joy. Amen. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Every time I'm in daddy's presence, he's saying stuff I don't understand. But guess what? Hanging out with him, there's just benefits that blow my mind. The need to figure God out is a trick of the enemy. Stop. Quit trying to figure God out. That's not the purpose. Let's talk about what really matters today. Can we do that? And so I'll read to you from um, Galatians 6.15. Paul is writing to a group of people that have an identity crisis. And they've been picked on by another group of people that have an identity crisis. Have y'all ever been picked on before? Amen. And so there's fences involved. And Paul wants to spend some time with this group of people that has this identity crisis and let them know that the middle wall has been torn down. That there is no Jew or Greek any longer. There's only one new man. And he describes that man a man with identity, and calls that man Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Now, again, if you feel the presence of God in this room right now, that's an invitation from heaven for you to be exactly who you are. <laughs> who am I, Pastor? The Lord's going to show you who you are. He's going to confirm it with his presence. And with evidence that his presence is with you, it's going to show up. And you're going to begin to recognize that you weren't told that yesterday. And in a time that you doubted or had any confidence that you were valid or valuable. Anybody ever felt less than valued? You ever felt guilty about anything? You ever felt ashamed about anything? You ever felt like, I'm not worthy? You ever felt that? Come on, men, it's okay. We can be honest. We drive down and down the road in our trucks and vehicles, and us guys, yeah, we have all kinds of emotion, ladies. And we have discussions that we want to have with you. We just don't know how to do it because we need Jesus to help us, right? And some of the guys play, quit telling on me right now. What really matters? And I've got just a little time to do this because you can only sit there so long. 
Galatians 6.15 says, whether a man is circumcised or uncircumcised is meaningless. Reading from the Passion Translation, it gives you better understanding. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you're Jew or Gentile, it's meaningless. Paul had the right to write this, by the way. What really matters, what really matters, underline that in your spirit, what really matters is the transforming power of the new creation life. Being baptized in spirit and in fire is what he's talking about. Receiving the promise of God. Amen? And all those who live in agreement with this standard, this is the good news, y'all. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he's revealing here, will have true peace. I want some true peace. I don't want to facade. I want the real stuff. And God's delight. I mean, God's delight is you receiving him. God's delight is you hosting him. God's delight is you letting him come into his house and be king of his kingdom within you so that from you his glory can be poured into the earth. That's God's delight. And the enemy working overtime and he does his job well to make you doubt that and not embrace that reality. Let me me be very clear with you. He don't want you to experience life today. This hand can enjoy life because it is attached to the body. Take it off the body and the blood flow stops. The blood flow stops, life stops. Trouble is going to happen if you don't get that hand back reattached to the body. True? The enemy wants you divided. He wants you frustrated. He wants you seeing one another, amen, through a lens that's anything other than God's lens. God's delight is when we choose him and we host him and we agree with the fact that his name that is above every name has been given to us because we made a choice, not because I'm a good person, not because I do everything right, but because he's a good God and he decided to choose me, amen, He he decided to pluck me out of what seemed to be my prison for life, and he put me on a rock, amen, that was stable and settled, amen. And in that putting me there, amen, I became convinced that I'm his son, that he has a plan, and that he can actually accomplish his plan through me. For the guests that are here today, you may have not heard this before, but all the group that's been around a little while and seeing how God's working on the guy that I have to deal with in the mirror, that God has limited himself to our availability. He can only perform his purpose and will because he chose to do it through us, not without us. The Son of Man made it clear when he came 
And he's teaching those that said that they would follow him. He made it clear. He said, the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. That's prior to Jesus Christ being crucified. Headship is walking among everybody, inviting them to come follow him and participate with him so that they could become his body in the days ahead. And so he he chose, amen, to be the head, and he is the head. But he needs his body. And he chose you, he chose humanity to be the body of Christ. Now, we know in our world, if you just do a little observing, that the body of Christ is in trouble if we're, if we're depending on the population of the earth right now to, to host him on that level. And so for that to happen and for revival to happen and for the, Jesus to do what he said, my glory is going to fill the earth. I'm going to shake this earth, amen, so that until everything that cannot be shaken is is remaining. He's made it clear. But the shaking is the presence of God's coming. Truth will remain. But in the process, we're making decisions. Anybody made a bad decision? Consequences follow bad decisions, right? Yeah, I've made a few bad decisions. Ask my wife. And I got some consequences from that. And I haven't found anybody that cares for the consequences. We just kind of try to get away with murder if we can. Get away from talking when we shouldn't be talking. And when we should be talking, we're not talking. The Lord is looking for a mouthpiece. He's looking for someone that's willing to give up, amen, the world and all the ideas of the world and put on the mind of Christ. Come on, let let the headship take over so that out of us the utterances of the kingdom and the this life, this creative life can pour out of us. There's miracles waiting on my obedience to say, yes, Lord. There's deliverances, there's healings, there's dead to be raised, there's miracles to happen, but there's somebody that's got to decide today that the presence of God that I feel, it's here as an invitation for me to step into my identity and let the Lord speak through me. Royalty don't fix it. Royalty speaks it. Mm. When you were baptized into him... And you took his name above every name. You said, just like Jesus come and showed us how to do it, I only say what I hear my father say. And I only do what I see my father do. That's what I'm developing into. And I pray that you're deciding to go there with me. Have I arrived? I got some, I got some things I got to do with that guy in the mirror still. But he is getting deeper and deeper in the grave. And I'm becoming more and more aware and, the, and the, what, the soberness that comes with hosting God's presence. The soberness that comes with realizing that, hey, man, going to church don't work, but being the church will. These truths will set you free. And uh, I just have to be up front with everybody here. I'm, I got, there's a little kid inside of me that wants to go out and play. I'm not talking about a bad guy. I'm talking about who daddy says I am. Unless we become as children, we can have no part. Jesus is not looking for grown-ups. 
because our idea and definition of a grown-up is messed up. Tweet that one. <laughs> Reality. He's looking for us to come as children. You have to choose him so that he can empower you to be the children of God. You're not going to explain him. He's not interested in any one of us explaining him. He is interested in us being his kids and going telling everybody the good news. You can get all the candy you want. What is you want? All the toys you want to play? Come on, let's go over here to this playground because everything has already been given and it's available and we can have fun. We can be fulfilled. And I'm talking about Disney World or Six Flags. Or I'm talking about <sighs> the enjoyment of being together full of peace, the fullness of his glory. Amen. Daddy loves it when his kids are together. Am I talking to some parents that are older now? It's like, like we tell all the parents, if you could be grandparents first, you want them all together. That's a kingdom thing. It's powerful. So we've read here today that all those who live in agreement with this standard, Galatians 6, 15 to 16, will have true peace and God's delight, for they are the Israel of God. I'm going to pause again and let the, he's not writing to the Jews. He's writing to the Gentiles. Everyone who lives in agreement with this standard will have true peace and God's delight, for they are the Israel of God. Amen. That just got most people silent. Because if you find out how God sees you, amen, and you start taking ownership of who God says you are, and you will trust him with the identity he's given to you, it's going to be mind-blowing what's going to happen for you in the days come. There's three important Things that matter most to God that I want to bring to your attention today. Number one, your past is meaningless. Your past is meaningless. Amen. Your past is meaningless. And by the way, you're not a half-breed. I want to come down there and talk to y'all. <laughs> In John chapter 1, the first 14 verses is John giving a synopsis of God's plan in the life of humanity so that humanity can be the children of God. And then after verse 14, he talks about a man named John who came in a wilderness, a voice of the one crying in the wilderness. But the first 14 verses is John letting us know that the Word, which is God, that became flesh and dwelt among us, he said bluntly to everyone who chooses him. To everyone that chooses him. Go, you got to get the topic in there. He's talking about humanity. 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said he came to his own. Read it in John 1. He came to his own and his own received him not, but to anyone and everyone who received him, he gave them power to become the children of God. That's royalty, ladies and gentlemen. Did y'all know that God wasn't human? That when he came, he came in flesh to do one thing, restore humanity back to his true identity. Everybody agree with that? But when God came in flesh, the religious group got angry because <laughs> Jesus finally made it clear, I am. I'm the one who is I am, y'all. If you knew who I was, you wouldn't know who you say your father is, but your father's the devil. I mean, that's how he talked to a religious spirit. He wasn't beating up on the ones. He loved every one of those people there. But they were hosting spirits. And these spirits were speaking out of them using what we call the Torah, the Bible. And Jesus said, if your father was Abraham, then you would know who I am. And he's speaking to a lying spirit that came to Adam, amen, in the very beginning and seduced him. Same spirit. And he's going to put it on the run. And he came to reveal identity. Jesus was called a Samaritan. They, the religious group called him a Samaritan. Now, have you ever been called a name before? Now, were the Samaritan people bad people? No. Did God love them? Yeah. Was he after them too? Yes. This is so important for us to get this today because you are not less than who God says you are. You are not less than who God says you are. So Peter's on the housetop, and he's, come on, your past is meaningless. Your past, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, is meaningless. Read it in the book of Galatians. Paul is writing that because they're being picked on. Who are they being picked on? Oh, y'all going to love this one. Peter's on the rooftop, and he's, he's uh, about ready to eat. He's hungry, but he falls asleep, and he goes into a trance, and this, this, this net was let down to him with all kind of creeping animals and four-footed beasts. You can read it there in, in Acts 9. You'll find it interesting. And, and the Lord tells Peter, the one he picked to be the one to deliver the good news message, rise, kill, and eat. Oh, no, uh, ain't happening. I don't do that. I'm but beyond that. And he gives it to him three times, and then he... And then he then he comes out of his trance, and he's going like, man, what in the world am I seeing? And, and at the same time, there's a knock at the door. God is into details, and there's these Gentile guys that are handing out the front door saying, is there someone by the name of Peter here? Uh, the centurion that we work for sent us to tell you he has need of you because he had a visitation from an angel that says he's supposed to send for you. And you're supposed to tell us what we're supposed to do. And Peter's thinking, okay, I got it. 
but he's going to cover his tracks, right? So he goes and he gets about 10 more Jews, which like that made a difference. He said, y'all got to come with me because God just showed me what he's about to do. And I need some, I need some backup because you're going to have to tell the other guys because we're about to go to a dog's house. And God didn't say that was a dog's house. God came to that house and said to Cornelius, a good man, your prayers and your arms have come up as a memorial to me. And the angel that came to him wouldn't even tell him the gospel because God gave to Peter the keys to the kingdom to release it to the Gentiles. And Peter comes and he stands there at the doorway. Somebody needs to catch this because if you ever find out who you are, if you ever agree with this, you're going to find out that you are the Israel of God. Paul wrote it, by the way. You're not a Jew as one outwardly, but you are one. In, he's writing to the Gentiles, letting them know there's neither Jew nor Greek. And in our religious world, are the Christian world still making a di difference? And the Spirit of God is not, he's grieved over that because before the cross, there was a distinct difference. After the cross, it's over. And anyone, anyone that chooses Jesus to him give them power to be the, the same power that God gave to Adam in the garden to tend to God's business in the garden in dominion and authority is the same power that God came in flesh and gave back to Adam to redeem him. Oh, yeah. And the pushback on the message of what really matters is huge right now. For me to say, Daddy, you're going to have to help me say this because I got kin folks, I got religious influences in my life that while I'm telling them this, it's like they don't know what to do with it. They know it's in the book. They know that's what God says. But mm, there's another religious spirit that's pushing hard against it. And in the process, they're not able to live up to their identity. And these signs follow them that believe. This is catching on. And so Peter walks up to the door of Cornelius' house and he says, Amen. When Cornelius opens it, oh, we're here to hear everything that God hath given you. We're here. And he, Cornelius had filled his, and a satirious house is pretty good size. And he had packed it in because he had that kind of influence. We're all here to hear what you're about to say. And Peter said, I perceive that God, this is Peter's mouth. He's saying, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now, how plain can you get? How plain can you get? God showed him in a trance, and then he comes and says it bluntly. God does not respect one person over the other. There's nobody in this room that's less than me, nor am I greater than them. The cross makes the difference. Amen. And while he yet spake the words, the Spirit of God fell on them. Peter gets the role, oh my God, he is not a respecter because he had the group, the Jews with him. 
they were children of God that wasn't Jews. <laughs> but he had covered his tracks, and all the ones that he had brought with him said, my goodness, for the same thing that happened to us has happened to the Gentiles. <laughs> and they had to have a big meeting when they got back to Jerusalem about it. Well, that ain't, no, that ain't all of it. You know, this is going to help you here. We got to catch this. Because if you start agreeing with the fact that your past and the identity you had before Christ is meaningless, then you can step into identity and experience the second thing that's most important for you to get, and that's new life. I didn't mean the family. This new life, this creative life. Now, because you agree with who you are, you only say what you hear the Spirit saying. And it's creative. And it brings life. And it pushes darkness back. And it puts the enemy under your feet. And all of a sudden, amen, these signs follow them that believe what and who they are. God's delight. Well, Peter goes to visit because God struck down a, a Pharisee on the road to Damascus and a great light shined and God blinded Saul of Tarsus, which is later called Paul. And man, he can't see nothing, but he sees this light. He can't see anything else. And he hears this voice speak to him clearly, <laughs> Saul, Saul. <laughs> Why are you persecuting? Now, I want to pause for a minute and let y'all catch that for a minute. He's killing daddy's children. But Jesus says, no, you're, you're killing me. I, I think if we, if we really let daddy talk to us right now about who we really are, anything can happen. And Paul gets converted. And the other group was so afraid of him, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't hang out with him. He had to get a revelation of Jesus Christ in a wilderness by himself for three years. And he comes out of that wilderness by revelation of the one he was hosting. That, and everything that he got in the wilderness was the same thing that Jesus gave them when he was in person with them. And they go, oh, my goodness, you're definitely one of us. How long does it take us to let people in our little groups that God's touching? I mean, God's touching people all over the earth. He's touching people where you work at. He's touching people where you go shop at. He's touching people everywhere. And if we ever get a revelation of who we are, we'll let them in. So Peter goes and visits one of the Gentile towns, Corinth, Galatia. And uh, when he gets there, guess who he hangs out with? The Jews. And he shuns the Gentiles. And that kind of tweaked Paul. And Paul wouldn't let it, he wouldn't let him do it. He gets up in his grill. He said, what do you mean? Making them feel less than you 
Our daddy didn't give you that permission. He gave you a commission to make sure you reveal to them how special they are to him. And he works Peter over. And keep in mind, Peter's the one that had the, 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 the dream. And, and then he stands and he says, I perceive that God is no. I mean, he quoted exactly what the Spirit's saying to him, but he still was doubting. Anybody know how to do that? I mean, God showed this to me and he spoke it through me, but I'm still fussing with him. Amen. Your past is meaningless. The, the idea that whatever you feel like you're guilty of does not belong to you. It does not say who you are. The reason you feel like that's who you are is because the enemy convinced you because of the prosecuting attorney. That's who he is. He's convinced you that's who you are. And you took that identity and resisted the mediating attorney that says it's all been paid for. I needed you to go through that because I needed you to understand some things, amen, about people that are hurting so you could help, amen. I need you available. I need you to believe in who I say you are so I can pull them out of their hell. I can pull them out of their pain. I can pull them out of their fears. I need you to be available, and being available means you're going to accept the identity he's given you. And there is no wall. There is no Jew or Greek or God's a liar. And God can't lie. There's only one race. Go read it in your Bible. It's called the human race. And our daddy started this thing. God started this thing through one named Adam but he didn't pass the test. And we all know because we, we kind of followed suit with him a good bit. But a second Adam came, and his name was Jesus. And he made all the difference. <sighs> and we see his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full and, Pastor, how do we see that? Amen. Because when you are around anyone that's hosting him, you see his glory. Come on. That's God's delight. It's when you're in the presence of someone, you're, no, you're not hosting them, but God, I'm, I'm mad about something. i got to share my two bits. i gotta, I got to give you a piece of my mind. And, and then all of a sudden, God's delight shows up in the room. And we behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. And how, how is that? Because they're just simply, they can't figure God out. They're not there to try to convince you. of. They're there to host his presence and let you know there's good news. And those benefits come with, that's the third thing you need to be aware of. First of all, your, 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 your past, yesterday, all that's meaningless. Number two, there's a new life for you today. If you can get delivered of agreeing that yesterday means anything. And as long as yesterday still means something, you're, you're, you're still asking God to, you know, or telling God, I'm sorry. You hadn't repented yet. I've got to say that again. The Spirit's saying, say that again. If you still believe that yesterday, look, this will help you. I got a few minutes here. My grandma was, wow, 
But do you know what the Lord showed me? Son, she, she wasn't bigger than my kingdom. Does anybody have heroes of faith in your life? Did you make them bigger than the kingdom is the question. Grandma served, amen, as an encourager that pointed me to stepping stones in my life. She didn't have God figured out. And she gave me what she had that she would trust God with, and it impacted me. But God's mercy allowed me to enjoy that. I'm not finishing this message today. I can see right now. But I'm giving you exactly what the Spirit's telling me to give you right now. And it's awesome because, look, our world is intrigued by marvels, comic books, DC. They're talking about Superman more than they're talking about Jesus. Thor's got more influence than angels from heaven. And right now, it's, it's, it's selling. And our world is got, because they're looking for something bigger than where they are. And our young people are gobbling it up. I got a grandson. Man, he's Mr. Policeman today. Tomorrow, he'll be Batman. And the next day, he'll be Spider-Man. And I'll tell you what, the moment, the moment he says, what he, you can see it in him. It's like the testosterone rises. His chest comes out. And I mean, he's ready. And, I'm, and, and the Lord's talking to me about it. He, he, the Lord ain't having, he's wanting me to know something. He's using a little one to show me something about if you ever catch your true identity. Whew, and you truly trust in me being the source. Superman ain't got a clue because he don't produce peace and joy. Batman don't produce, man, Gotham City, my God. That's about as dark as you can get. And the policemen have been defunded by... Be careful, Pastor. I, I just shared one of my frustrations. Identity crisis, I know. And the Lord has convinced me, quit worried about the politics and the world and the wars and the rumors of wars and all this stuff going. Don't, uh-uh. We don't walk by sight when you host my presence. You don't get caught up in the vortex of all that discussion. Amen. I... You only got a certain amount of time. Be a good steward of the time I've given you. Amen. You've got just enough time to be who I say you are. Your past is meaningless. And God can take you back into the past and he can pull some honey out of it. Remember that. In your past, there's always honey. He was there. Anybody ever made your bed in hell? You made bad decisions? He was there. And he was waiting on that time to when you said, I need help. And some of us are here today, and you've been crying, I need help. I don't know what to do with all the stuff going on around me. But what really matters, what really matters is that you've been given identity. 
And that identity comes with an experience that you can't explain. It's not something that the Lord wants you to confess just verbally, but he wants that verbal confession to come from here. Ah, that you can say, I didn't say that. He said that. And he can say it the way he wants to say it. All he's asking from us is to come be his kids, to make a choice. Let him be daddy. And if you'll choose moving forward, you're going to stop trying to fix everything and you're trying to make everything right in your little world, and I'm just going to let you be daddy, Jesus. And come on, that's true repentance. I've been frustrated. I've been wanting to knock somebody out. He wants you to be honest with him. That's true repentance. That's... Those things are not his, and you know it's not the mind of God. And you're saying to him, this is how I think, help me. And he said, okay, I'm glad you asked. I'll give you my mind now. And when you start letting him come and give you things that are not logical, because I certainly don't want to hug the person I want to knock out. But he can give me an attitude adjustment through his love. And he can show me how much he cares for me, and I can experience his care for me. And he can validate he's forgiven me for my foolishness. All of a sudden, if he can forgive me of my foolishness, I don't have a program hugging anybody, forgiving and letting go of anything. I just don't believe he can forgive me the reason I won't forgive you. Anybody having an issue forgiving somebody? The only reason you do is because you don't believe daddy will forgive you. And the reason you don't believe he'll forgive you is because you don't believe that you can be who he says you are. And the only reason you don't believe you can be who he says you are is because you had not let him come. Because you have convinced you're not worthy. And the good news is today you are worthy. And you feel him in this room and you were here today because his spirit drew you here. And he just wants you to allow him to come closer. Anybody want to let him come closer? And I found out that if I'll clear my schedule of all the things that are not God's schedule, If I'll do that, come on, I sent that out to the leaders today. If I'll do that, it's amazing how many diseases will leave, how many relationships that will be healed, how much life will come into dead situations. If I'll just clear my schedule of trying to fix everything. Could we stand? I, uh, I'll, I'll finish this next week. <laughs> I thought today that I was going to conclude this with the best part to me. I may have to bring that coffee pot, honey. God's coffee pot. Because he keeps talking to me like he does Tony in the shower. Fully clothed. 
However, Daddy needs to speak. Are you open to it? Amen. He told me, he said, son, you ain't got nothing to prove. Relax. My presence is going to be with you, and they're going to feel it, and they're going to know it's me. You ain't got nothing to prove. I walk up here every Sunday. I've told you, I don't like getting on this stage. I don't like preaching. I do enjoy being obedient to daddy, though. But the, the burden of that and the responsibility that comes with that lets you know that I have identity crisis going on. Pastor, you got, yeah, I'm fussing with God about the very thing he called me to do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we're growing together. And I'm relaxing and I'm becoming more at peace with the fact that God's building his house. And he owns it all. And he purchased you. Are you going to let him take ownership today of his house? <sighs> for the next little bit, if you would. And guests, thank you for being here today. We're so honored by you coming. And we want you to know that uh, we're just going to spend some time hanging out with Daddy and getting honest with him and telling him the truth about how we feel. But if you need to go, you will not offend anybody. Just thank you for coming today. But you're welcome to hang out with us as we let Daddy give us the big hug he wants to give us. Is that okay? And so if you want to be honest with Daddy today and kind of make sure you leave some stuff you didn't know, you, some baggage you didn't know you had that you need to leave with him today, I invite you to come forward. And, and, and by the way, you're not coming to me. You're coming to Daddy. Amen. Every step you make is moving heaven. Amen. And the enemy is frustrated because you might decide to do that. And he don't know what to do with anybody that does that other than flee seven different ways. If you're looking for that kind of freedom today, I encourage you today. Could we lift our hands and open our hearts and let daddy come like a rushing wind. Let him come like a heavenly fire. It's going to be different. Let's receive him. Thank you, Father.